Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Before, uh, before we get into the message today, I just want to take, us, take a moment. I want us as a church to take a moment. And I want to honor all of the veterans who are here with us. As you, if you have served, can you please stand to your feet or serving? Stand to your feet so we can honor you today. Come on, we love you. Grateful for you. Remain, remain standing, remain standing. Come on, let's give them a hand. We're grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray for these men and women who have served faithfully. They answered the call when other people did not, but they did. And we are grateful for your sacrifice for this nation and for our freedom. So if you're around them, can you just extend your hand, just stretch it towards them, and we're gonna bless them today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless our veterans who serve faithfully, who answered the call. They serve faithfully, God, to protect us as a nation. And God, we pray that you would bless them, you would strengthen them, the Lord, you would honor them, that God, that you would minister to them, the Lord, if there's anything in their life that God was, was marked because of an experience in their life in the military that they've had to process through and get over, God, I pray that you would meet them today, that you would help them to find grace in you and find peace in you. And Lord, today, may they know they are honored in this house. They are honored in this in their church. They are honored, God, regardless of what is said in other places or wherever, God, they are honored here. And we bless them and we give them the biblical honor that is due to their service. And so, God, we bless them today. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. Thank you, vets. We love you so much. Grateful for you. Um, we do have a, just a little something for you. Um, it's, it's a burrito is what we're, we want to give you today. Um, but when you, <laughs> when you go to the burrito table, there's also a list there um, that we, we, we really wanted to gather all of the veterans of the house here so we can honor you and we can do special things for you and have breakfast for you and, and just serve you the best way that we can. And also to give you all the connection with one another if you would like your name to be part of that, to be able to, uh, to connect with one another as well. So and Anyway, thank you again. We're, so we're continuing today on our series on churchology of really looking at what does it mean to be a church that Jesus is building? Because that's what we want to be. We have been purchased by the blood of Jesus according to scripture, that the church belongs to him according to scripture, that it doesn't belong to a man according to scripture. It belongs to the man, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we continue to lean into this and we're continuing with a church that's being built by Jesus as a church that is familiar with God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so God, the Holy Spirit is a, is a aspect of God that a lot of people aren't that aware of. We're aware of God, the father and God, the son. But when it comes to God, the Holy Spirit, there's some confusion around that. And I believe the enemy has actually exploited that and brought confusion because God the Holy Spirit, the age of the Holy Spirit is the age of the church and where we are today. It's the age of the church. It's what, it's what Jesus said, I must go so that the helper, the Holy Spirit may come so that you can be everything that God has called you to be. And so today I want to lean in again. This is part three of God the Holy Spirit and so the purpose of really looking to this, to this aspect of God the Holy Spirit is not 
not the desire to be denominational. It's not the desire to be charismatic. It's not the desire to, to put any label or chase any label whatsoever. The desire of seeking the scriptures for the ministry of the Holy Spirit within our midst is the desire, the bottom line foundational desire is for us as a church to be biblical. That's it. We're not chasing anybody, anything. We're chasing the person of the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. And that's the desire as we continue to lean into this. We're not looking to recreate some experience. We're not looking to recreate something that happened at some place with someone after you read some book or after, or, or after you were in this one place. Listen, we're not asking yesterday's experience for what the person of the Holy Spirit wants to do today, but we are seeking the scriptures and asking him to move in our midst in a powerful way to release the supernatural in us and through us in a way that we have never experienced before. We need an infusing power and anointing of the Holy Spirit today in a way that we have possibly never needed it before. Our young people need to have the clarity of the Holy Spirit to discern truth. They need to understand you as well as parents need to know what is truth and what is not truth. And you need the courage to say, no, that's of the devil. This is of Jesus and of the word of God. That's what you need to do. But the church is desperate desperate for people like, I'm just going to say this, like us, to stand strong and to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so the reality is this, we will never experience the joy of our calling and our purpose until we understand the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a force. It's not simply a power. He is a person. And he's part of the Trinity, God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. They are, they are one. And the person of the Holy Spirit wants you. Everybody say, he wants me. So important for you to, to hear yourself say that. He wants you to receive and walk in the purposes of why he came and why he lives in us and wants to move through us and he wants to do things among us. We have someone, which is very important you understand, we have someone in heaven right now who is praying for us, interceding for us, and that is God the Son. Jesus is interceding for you today. He's praying for us today as we're meeting here. But we also have someone who is praying with us on earth, and that is God, the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that. That is the function of the Trinity. You're like, I don't understand. I know, get in line. Take a number. And again, as I said last week, hey, listen, if we survey God, now God, he, there is one God. This isn't three gods. There is one God who have in three persons. One God, three persons. 
And if we, can, if, if we serve a God that we can fully wrap our finite minds around, the reality is this, he's probably not God. I don't want a God that I'm like, oh yeah, I get it, I get you. Because I know this is limited, but our God is not limited. And so he moves in us and through us in ways we don't understand, but we absolutely see in scripture that he does it. So I believe that God wants you And this is really what I believe God wants. He wants you to ask for a new release, a new infilling in your heart, in your mind, in your life, that there would be a reality of the life-giving, life-transforming, life-altering awareness and partnership with the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. So that you no longer live just to survive, just to get by. But actually, that you no longer live the the, the Bill Murray, Groundhog Day movie life over and over and over. Every day is the same day. You wake up, you do this, you go here, you go here, you go to bed. Listen, that is not what God has for you. The Bible actually helps us see and understand that God the Holy Spirit wants to use you in every day of your life. He wants to do things in you and through you that have, that have nothing to do with you. He's looking for a vessel. And the Word of God has not simply been given to us. So as we, as we study the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, it, it, it hasn't been given to us just, just to inform our minds or to give us information. And information's good. But the Bible has been given to us. What is written in it has been given to us so that we can realize that our lives can actually be totally transformed and that our lives in God's hands, that he can use us and the word of God speaks to us that we can live in a, in a life and have excitement and be used by God because we have been equipped by God according to the scriptures. We've been gifted by God. You have been gifted by God. You've been empowered by God. You were not saved just to be saved. You were saved by God to live a supernatural, adventurous life by becoming his vessel, by being filled with the spirit and you've been given gifts to use for his glory every day of your life. And so important that you understand that God, yes, he created the natural world we live in. Yes, sin has corrupted our natural world. And that one day, friends, will be restored. One day there will be a new earth, a new heaven. One day you will get a new body. You won't be sick anymore. We won't have to deal with stupid viruses anymore. We won't have to deal with, we will have a new body. Right now, the one we have has been marked by sin. I know it's tough for some people that, no, 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 that's not true. Not, well, it is true. According to scripture. Every one of us is not going to escape this earth without the curse of sin winning. In this physical body. 
but we will get a new body. And ain't no devil going to hold that body down anyway. That's the second time I've said ain't this morning. And I don't, it's just, I'm, I'm just, you know, you're my family. So here we are. But God's called you to live a supernatural life, though, in the midst of this natural confines that we live in. In the small things, in the big things. He's called you to experience things in a natural human world that cannot be explained by human terms. While all along, we recognize that we're human. We see the disciples doing it. We see people of old doing it. We see people today walking in it. A reminder for you is that God has not called us, though, to be weirdos and freaks. Everybody say amen to that. God has not called us to be weirdos and freaks. He hasn't called us to be some oddity that act like weird and use weird language when we're walking in the gifts and buck and jerk and bark like dogs. And listen, listen, why would the Holy Spirit manifest himself in your life in a way or get you to manifest something that has you mimic that which you've been given authority and dominion over as like an animal? We're not called to be freaks and weirdos, but we are called to be people of power. You can be people of power without being weird and freak. Everybody say amen to that. He has invited us to experience and be used supernaturally in a natural world. You may not believe that or you may not think that, but friends, if your faith is defined by the Bible, then what I just said must be true. I've discovered that in my life that I have been, I have been given gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I've been given these gifts to be a witness for the person and the work of Jesus and to fulfill what was in God's heart to do with my life for his purpose and his plan. And that's what I want in my life. It's a journey. I'm still learning. I'm still growing in whatever God has for me, as we all will until, until we die. But we are to seek it. We're to remember that Jesus said in John 16, to his disciples, it is to your advantage I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's what Jesus said. So we know the help of the Holy Spirit. We, we know his, some of his gifts. We know that what he's come to do in us. And I want to remind you of what some of those are today. The Holy Spirit teaches us and counsels you on what to do, helps you know all truth. The greatest thing you could, you could tell your kids is, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit what we should do. Where should I go to college? Where should I do? Well, let's, let's ask God. 
He's given us the Holy Spirit to discern all truth. Everybody say all truth. So let's, let's, let's ask him. The Holy Spirit makes you aware of sin. He makes you aware of what is right and what is wrong. He convicts you. The Holy Spirit is with you in every situation. Every situation. Even situations that you find yourself in that are your fault because you've made a mistake. He is with you. The Holy Spirit gives you illumination of the scriptures when you read it. That's why when you, re- when you read it, you go, you know, I've never really seen that before. I've never, I, I've never noticed that before. The Holy Spirit, what's it? He's, he's illuminating the scriptures. The Holy Spirit reveals the unknown thoughts of God to you, the mysteries of God. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, check this out. You're like, whoa. The Holy Spirit gives you wisdom. Gives you wisdom. And if you lack wisdom, you ask for wisdom. And then you get wisdom. The Holy Spirit guides you in truth for today and shows you what is to come. There's a, there's a, prophetic, there's a prophetic nature of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, Jesus is telling them that the Holy Spirit is going to come and will give you information of what is to come. So remember, these are all available to you. The Holy Spirit strengthens you in your human weakness. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee or guarantees you eternal life through the righteousness of Jesus. The Holy Spirit enables you to produce good fruit. The Holy Spirit takes, when you were a a cranky, no good, nobody wanted to be around you, negative Nancy or I don't know, I'm trying to think of a male name, a negative Ned. Okay, there we go. Thank you. (laughs) When you walked into a room and all you saw, well, that's wrong and that's wrong and you're wrong. And and somebody said hello and you think, well, by golly, you said hello because you don't like me. And what you got all this stuff in your heart. And then when you came and gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit was given to you so you don't have to be cranky pants anymore. Some of you need to know you don't have to be how you are right now, just so you know. Everybody say amen to that. Stop pointing at people, okay? Don't do that. But you can walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Peace, love, joy, patience, huh? long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? It means you can suffer long and not get, get like all frustrated about it. You can be a delight to be around. Wouldn't that be great? You can have that. It's available to you. And the list goes on and on about the Holy Spirit. But today I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to be aware of something. That God the Holy Spirit has given you spiritual gifts. Have you ever really considered that, this statement to be true? Have you, have you ever really thought, well, no, but they're for that person and this person and that leader and that they're for Jason. Jason, yeah, he, he needs them. Some people believe, and this was kind of where I lean theologically just because um, I, I was ignorant. Some people believe that when you get saved, you receive salvation. And that's great. And I believe that too. 
But some people believe you need another experience to receive the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Well, just so you know, the whole, the, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father are perfect in unity. So when you receive God the Son, you, 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 know, you know who comes with him? God the Holy Spirit. I hope you understand that. Now there is a, when you, there is a seeking and a becoming aware of that ignites and you go deeper in that understanding of the Holy Spirit. And there are, there are, there are experiences in Scripture that, that people have an encounter with him. And you can have encounters. But I want you to know something. You are not void of the Holy Spirit. If you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you get it all. The Holy Spirit actually is the guarantee of what it says in Romans that you're actually saved. It's the guarantee. Mark, you guaranteed. Done. Over. Guaranteed. So if you have the Son, you have the Father, you have the Father, you have the Son. If you have the Son, you have the Spirit. They are in perfect unity. Now, the reality, the flip side is this. If you reject the Son, you reject the Father. Jesus said, if you reject me, you reject the Father. I didn't say that. Jesus said it. So you, you need to understand people, like, well, no, but, you know, these people believe in the Old Testament God, but they don't believe in, in God the Son. Well, they, 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 don't, they don't know the Old Testament God. If you reject the Son, you reject the Father and the Spirit. You reject them both. If you reject the, if you reject the Spirit, you reject the Son and the Father. If you belong to God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ, you possess the Holy Spirit. And he wants you to realize he's given you gifts. Everybody say, he's given me gifts. And I believe today that the Holy Spirit asked me to remind you of that today. To remind you, he's given you supernatural gifts. The Apostle Paul reminds one of his spiritual sons of this exact thing. And he writes to Timothy and says this in 2 Timothy 1.6. He says this, hey, Timothy, young man, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So this is the reality that Timothy is a pastor. He's a leader. He's been called to be a, a pastor, an elder. He's been given gifts. Paul has affirmed those things. Well, we believe in, at, at faith and, and all all other denominations believe that that ordination of a pastor is not it's not the 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 giving or imparting something that isn't there it's the confirmation of what the holy spirit has already put there it's we're just coming into alignment and agreeing with what god's already done this is what paul is talking about but he says i want you i want you to fan the flame of the gift that's in you now Timothy probably didn't have a, a bold personality. He probably was not, didn't, wasn't super like, you know, outgoing. He probably had a gentle nature. And he needed to be exhorted. And he needed to, that he needed to be bolder. And he, he, and he needed to, to be more, a little bit more out front. 
And in order for him to understand how he's going to do that, he is not to forget the supernatural gift that was in him. And he was supposed to fan that gift, stir up the gift, use the gift of what was put in him. Though Timothy's nature probably kept him from or wanted to keep him from stepping up kind of the, to, to the forefront and to the front line. But Paul exhorts him, I want you to use your gift, son. I want you to use the gift. I want you to teach the word, what he tells him. Preach the word. He didn't say speak. He said preach it. Lead others. As you read through this, as, as Paul was telling Timothy the fan to flame, he says, don't allow other people to criticize you, son, of your young age. Don't allow that to discourage you. Paul was keeping him focused on using his gift. Lead the church. Timothy, correct bad doctrine. Appoint leaders. And Paul goes on to remind him that the gift of the Spirit was not given to him without the Spirit. I know that seems very just, well, yeah, duh. But Paul reminds him. 2 Timothy 1.7, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So the gift comes with the Spirit, and the Spirit changes us and transforms us and removes from us timidity and removes from us us feeling like we don't have power, removes from us the spirit of, of anger and how we don't love people, and, he, and removes from us the, the idea that, that we are not disciplined. He gives us self-discipline. So with the Spirit comes the personality of the Spirit. Then Paul goes on to say this, hey, Timothy, listen, son, do not neglect the gift you have. You know what that means? We can neglect the gifts that we have. We can neglect them. Now, here's Timothy. Timothy's a great leader. Timothy's a great pastor. Timothy's been entrusted with much. But even in that what he's been what you've been entrusted with and the gifts God's put in you you can neglect that so Paul reminds him don't neglect it stay the course fan the flame now i want to share with you this passage that is a very well known passage that Paul is writing a local church everybody say local church so these letters of Paul were circular letters, meaning they were written to be read at one church. And then when they were done with it, they would then move it on to another church. They would read it, but it was all within the region of that area. And so Corinthians is a place where there's many churches. And so Paul writes this letter and they moved the, they moved the letter around. Everyone's reading from it. So it's how they really, they kept all the doctrine in line according to what Paul was telling them. And so Paul is writing this local church. Just like us, okay? And I, I want you to, to, to read it. Now listen, this is after the day of Pentecost. This is after Jesus has ascended. This is after the gospel has is, is is being preached around the world. All of these things, it's after all of that. And this is the instruction he gives to the local church. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be, what's that word? Uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. I, I, don't, I don't want you to, to not know what it means to have spiritual gifts. Then Paul begins to remind them of the heart and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about last week, is to bring glory to Jesus. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit who's been given to them and, and they've been given gifts. So when they're using these gifts, he wants to remind them. And that's why he goes on to say this in verse three, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no, one can, and, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, every time the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks, the Holy Spirit gift is used, is for the glorification of Jesus Christ. That, that will produce in people to say Jesus is Lord. It's only through the Spirit. So the purpose of the gifts is to fulfill the Spirit or this, to fulfill the purpose of the gift giver. That's, that's the whole idea. You have been given gifts, friends, for the purpose of fulfilling the heart and the purpose of the gift giver. And that is to glorify and honor Jesus with and through your life. So Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12, says this, there are different kinds of gifts. Verse four, yes. But the same Spirit distributes them. I want you to see that. There are different kinds of service. In other words, different types of serving and service. Now listen, this is within the local church. I'm going to say local church. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, now look at this next passage. Now to each one, say each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So Paul is writing a church just like Faith Church. Here we are. So Paul writes us a letter. Let's just, okay, the Apostle Paul writes us a letter. One that would be super cool. But here we go. And he says, hey... A reminder to each one. Now, what does each one mean? Each one. Each one of what? Each one of you in the local church. Each one of you. Say, that means me. Come on, say it like you mean it. That means me. Come on. So, to each one of you has been given a manifestation of the Spirit. For the common good. In other words, for, for the common good of what God has called us as a local church to be. Okay? This is very important. Gifts aren't given so you can go off and do whatever you want, wherever you want, and just, I don't need a church. No, no. Gifts were given for the purpose to be used within the church. A small thing, but a big thing. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge 
or a gift of. It's, it, you can interchange this. A person who, by the means of the same spirit, to another faith by, by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to, read that again, each one, just as he determines, just as he determines. Then Paul goes on to compare how this local church that he's writing to, just like Faith, faith Church, here we are, is like a human body. We're kind of like a human body. Now, many times when people approach this passage, they think of like the church around the world. But contextually, Paul is writing to local church. That's why people who, who flow in gifts or want to flow in gifts, they, they, many of them, and I'll just be honest with you, many of them aren't submitted in a part of a local church because the enemy removes them or they allow pride to be a part of them. And a lot of people who walk in particular gifts, they can't ever find a church that's their kind of church. And they end up not having the impact God called them to have because they are unwilling to submit that gift to a local church. It's just the truth. A person under authority is a person with authority. A person who says, I don't need local church, that's fine. You're not going to have an impact with your life. That's just the way God created it. And so for us to understand that we're a body, one body he's referring to, one body, local church. And in the church, the Spirit has given gifts to the members of the church for the benefit of everyone in the church. Because it is the diversity of gifts in the church that makes the church healthy and whole. That's the reality. You know someone who has a gift of wisdom or discernment and God shows them things? You're like, you know what? I, hey, so-and-so, can you just pray with me? I'm seeking this situation. And guess what? That's what the gifts are supposed to be used for. Or someone is sick in their body, someone with the gift of healing. Hey, will you, come, will you come pray for us? Because such and such is going on and God begins to move. Now listen, there are some times that there are prophetic gifts that are, that are given as well, that God gives words and gives clarity. But the other thing is sometimes we don't get anything. Now, why? Why is that? And this is, I want you to understand this. We, most of us live in this world. God always does everything all the time the way I want him to do it. <laughs> Jesus said this, who, who manifests these gifts of the Spirit. He said, I do what I see the Father do. And I speak what I hear the Father speak. Right? So when he cursed the fig tree, why didn't, he, why, why didn't he curse all the fig trees? Well, the father didn't tell him to. Why did he curse that fig tree? Because the father t told him to. When Jesus said, if you have faith as the size of the grain of a, of, of a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and it will be cast into the sea. That's awesome. How many mountains have you seen being cast into the sea lately? Okay, go for it. No, go. Do it. Why? Because the Father didn't say. 
The father didn't say, speak to that mountain, tell it to be cast into the sea. We must understand the gifts are to be used under the submission of the father. What he wants to do, we do it. What he doesn't want, we don't. We cannot assume that everything should go the way that we see it in the picture that we see it because he is God and he sees the beginning from the end. He is working something that we can't fully understand. Therefore, we submit all gifts, all things to the Father under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Then we will be a healthy body when we do it that way. So 1 Corinthians 12. In fact, God has placed... In the body, the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? In other words, if, you, if we were one big hand, we would look weird. As it is, there are many parts but one body. Then Paul, Paul goes, on to, goes out of his way to make sure that we know that not just because... Um, actually, goes out of his way to articulate just because we don't have one gift doesn't mean we don't have other gifts. Say amen to that. Amen. Such confusion in the, in the church over the years. Nope, you got to get, this is the one, you got to speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you can't get anything else. That sounds great. It's stupid. It's not in the Bible. I'm just being honest with you. You're like, Jason, where's the scripture say that? I'll show you. First Corinthians 12. Now you are the body of Christ. Now remember, speaking to you. And each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Now, I want you to answer, what is Paul asking here? I want you to give me the answer. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Okay. Can we just settle that right now? This is the purpose. That we would be a body, a church, that faith, this is my church. And God's given me gifts to use with the people in this church. To edify, to lift up. This is for us to realize this reality this morning. Again, the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says now to each one. Each one, each one, each one. That's you. Turn and tell somebody you've got a gift. You need to find out what it is. Because I need it. Tell them, because I need it. If you've experienced the supernatural power of Christ and salvation, you've also received spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Listen, an incredible supernatural life is waiting for you on the other side of you saying yes to what God has for you. When you say yes to his purposes, listen, saying yes to the gifts and to the function and purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life, it changes you. It changes you. Saying yes to the Holy Spirit uses you. It means God's going to use you to help others and serve others in need of him in this body. 
and to be a witness for him for those who don't know him. Saying yes to the Holy Spirit and using your gift means he wants to use you and he, he will use you in your family, in your school, your friends, your work, your city, your nation to be a witness and to glorify God the Son, Jesus Christ. That is what God has for you. The reason why the church is not making the impact is because we have lost the desire, we have lost the heart for, we have, we have, we have reduced our Christianity to a Christianity that can be explained to the laws of this earth. As I was preparing for this message, I, I just felt, just, I want to be honest with you, I just felt the prompting the Holy Spirit to ask you this question. And this is really the whole purpose of today. Have you asked God what your gifts are? Have you asked Him? Have you said, Holy Spirit, I, what gifts have you given me then? I don't, many of us have never even asked that question. God wants to do, I'll say it this way, many of us have been striving so hard to be used of God and God wants us to step aside and allow him to move through us to accomplish what we've been striving for years to do. What gifts has he given to you? Have you asked the question, Holy Spirit, what gifts have you given me? Simple question, but very profound. What gifts have you given me? Friends, God has given you gifts. Every one of you, you've been marked with a gift. Could be one, could be two, could be, I, I don't know. He gives how he determines what scripture says. But each one has a gift. And there are other gifts in scripture. This isn't, this isn't all of them. This is, there are other gifts, but he gives gifts. Wow. He's asking you to ask him. I have a prayer that I want us to pray today. If you have our app, you can have it. And I would just encourage you to take a picture of it on your app or just save the notes and read this every day. Just be aware of it. But this is a prayer. And I just felt like God wants us to pray this together as a church. And if we can, let's pray this as a declaration for us as a church and for you. Let's pray it together. Say, God, I ask you to show me what gifts the Holy Spirit has given me with which I might better serve you and others. I completely surrender my will to you and I am excited to know what supernatural gifts you have chosen to give me. I commit to you that I will give Jesus Christ all the credit and glory for any work or miracle you do through my life, my prayers, my actions, and my obedience. 
I ask that you cleanse me and forgive me from any compromise, sin, wrong beliefs, or pride. I ask that you deliver me of everything not pleasing to you, things that would keep me from being a clean vessel for you. Father God, thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus for me. Jesus, thank you for exchanging your life for mine. Holy Spirit, thank you for convicting me of my sin and introducing me to Jesus. And thank you for filling me with your power and manifesting your spiritual gifts through my life as you choose. Amen. Amen. Father, today we come before you and we're excited. We're excited that you want to do something in us and through us. We're excited that you've given us gifts. And so, Lord, today we say yes to you. Reveal to each one of us what our gift is. And then, Lord, help us to say yes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you to move among us. We welcome you to have your way. We welcome you to empower us and lead us to glorify the Son, to glorify Jesus. And so today, I ask you that we as a church would open our hearts, our minds, and we would ask you the question, what gifts? That we will no longer be the same, that we will no longer live a natural life, but we will live a naturally supernatural life, expectant every day. That when we surrender to you, God, we are filled with expectation and excitement. So today, Lord, speak to us. We receive and say yes to your gifts. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you can, just remain with your head bowed today. If you're here today and you would say, I don't know Jesus. And I want to be saved. And I want to, I reckon, if you recognize right now that you don't know Jesus and you are convicted, you know that you are a sinner and you want forgiveness. If you want to receive that forgiveness right now, nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand right where you are. Just right now. Just raise your hand. Thank you. God bless you. Just hold it up if you can. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that just comes into alignment with what Jesus has already done for you. And as you pray it, you will hear the confession of your own mouth and you will begin to feel and receive a new heart as he promised he would. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Holy Spirit, thank you for convicting me. I repent. I give you my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Give me a new heart, new mind. Use me for your glory. I no longer belong to the world and to the devil. I now belong to you, and I'm so grateful for that. Thank you for dying for me. 
thank you for raising from the dead. And thank you for loving me. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today? If you gave your life to Jesus today, I just ask that you fill out a connect card. And right there in front of you, you can fill that out. Check the little box and drop it in the white buckets when you leave. Also, we were, you were given prayer cards that when, uh, for you to fill out. And you can drop those in the white bucket. And we will pray for all of those prayer requests this Wednesday at 6.30, 6.30 to 7.30. Let me invite you to come out. Even if you can only come for a half hour, it is worth it. We as a church gather to pray, to pray for one another, to pray for the prayer request, to worship God, to honor him. And we're going to take communion and pray together. It's a powerful time. Anybody can take out an hour and come and serve. But I know things are up, you know, things happen at work and sports. and all that. I get all that. No, no guilt. But if you're available, I come out. It's going to be an amazing time. But those prayer requests, we will pray for them. So let's all stand to our feet. Friends, I love you. I'm excited for what God has for you. I'm so excited. Honestly, I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited. So excited for what God is doing in your life and the gifts he wants to release to you. He, he has an adventure for you. I'm not going to preach again, but he has an adventure for you that, that you, can't even, you can't even realize. So friends, say yes. And let's go on a journey together. Amen. Come on. Do we want all of the Holy Spirit? Come on. Amen. Amen. If you can, just lift your hands and may bless you. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Release the power of the Holy Spirit on their life. May they say yes to you. May we leave here today knowing we're entering our mission field, that you're going to use us in new gifts in Jesus' name. Awaken them. We make a commitment today that we will fan the flame of the gift that you put in us in Jesus' name. We all say amen and amen.